The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Once again, Drew came from the radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. We are here starting our 21st season with um, virtually distance, of course, with none other than senior correspondent Charlie Saladino. Hello, fun seekers. We have L-Man Jenny Feldy. Good day, good evening, radio heads. And we have the man on the inside, Hassan Godwin. Uh, I'm not really on the inside of anything anymore since the entire industry is, has fallen <laughs> into ruin. But hello. hello. <laughs> Good so, to see everyone. So on this week's sure. show, we have another Jay Burnley segment. Um, we have another new uh, Chris Wolseley's Chris Picks for Crackle. And uh, L-Man Jane Feldy interviews uh, author Alex Teplish, who's also a friend of the show. Um, but before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of Sci-Fi.Radio. That's Sci-Fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as, as well as the fine <laughs> folks of the Big Apple Con, which we are uh, celebrating over 27, eight years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention is scheduled for March 25th and 26th. It's a two-day show, and tickets are on sale right now. And I want to give out shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are. Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous, Dresden Media, Unchikun, Shadrach Berard, Yasmin Array, Rosa, and The Hurricane. You want to go uh, get your own little shout-out? Go to our website, www.camefrenero.com. little button on there takes you right to our Patreon page, and just for a dollar month, you can get a shout-out on our show. All right, so let's see. Uh, as always, start off with the sad news. So we have an uh, actress. It's a good idea. Whoever came up with that idea, it's a great idea. I wonder who that was. <laughs> actress Barbara Bosson died recently. As of this recording, no cause of death has been announced. While appearing in a slew of movies and TV shows, Barbara is perhaps best known for her role as Faye Farillo uh, for 100 out of the 146 episodes of the series Hill Street Blues, which ran from 1981 to 1987 on NBC. Of note, she was married to writer-producer Stephen Bonchko from 1970 to 1997. Um, Elman Jenny Feldy, you a fan of Hill Street Blues? Move on. Move on. Senior correspondent, Charles Saladino, you a fan of Hill Street Blues? No. Man, that's, a, that's, that's about it. It was my <laughs> one of my least favorite shows. Wow, okay. Hassan? Wow. Yeah. Uh, I hesitate to say yes because of the <laughs> overwhelming uh, uh, response that that got. Yeah, that's good. But, yeah. Yeah, fan I, of, uh, Barbara's work. I, I, yes. I mean, I, I remember. Her, right. You know, so uh, that is. I'm, I'm surprised to hear that she is no longer with us. That's, that's terrible. Yeah, that's why it's a sad news apartment. Yeah. So uh, she was 83. So for more sad wow. news, moving on. Actor, author, and stand-up comedian Richard Belzer also died recently from unspecified circulatory yeah. and respiratory conditions. Unquote. Um, 
Much like Barbara, Richard was also in a slew of movies and TV series and perhaps best known for one role, that of DA investigator John Munch for 467 plus episodes of the NBC franchise Law and Order. Of note, Richard is the third actor ever to play the same character in six different primetime series, uh, the other two actors being John Ratzenberger and George Went uh, from Cheers. And his character is the only fictional character to appear on 11 different television shows played by a single actor. On top of all that, Richard had held the record for longest portrayal of a character with 22 consecutive primetime live-action seasons. Uh, this record has since been passed by Mariska Hardajay, who also stars in the Lord and Order franchise. That's As a side Mariska. note, Mariska, yes, thank you. Um, as a side note, Richard had written several books based on or around conspiracy theories. Um, he wrote UFOs, JFK, and Elvis conspiracies. You don't have to be crazy to believe. Dead wrong, straight facts on the country's most controversial cover-ups. Hit list, an in-depth investigation to the mysteries, death of witnesses to the JFK assassination, corporate conspiracies, how Wall Street took over Washington, and someone is hiding something that happened to the Malaysia Airlines Flight 370. Um, lastly, before landing the role, Richard was mostly known as a stand-up comic, and that's what I remember him most for. I remember his stand-up. I remember seeing him back in the day, and I was like, wow, they got this comedian to be on this cop show, and then he's now defined by the cop show role. Yeah, the Bells is uh, is pretty much legendary. He's been around since uh, since the year of never. So you know, yeah. uh, that's that's pretty that's pretty heavy. I remember I was you know I was kind of floored when I saw that, and I saw that in passing. It was one of those uh, you know, like uh, it wasn't even a Facebook update. It was like a flash news whatever on my feed, and I was like, that can't be true. And unfortunately, it is true. So. So, uh, Charlie, yeah. you're familiar with, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with. Uh, sure. Oh, work. hell yeah. I mean, he has a short little scene in Scarface where he plays an MC and tells a couple of jokes. But, uh, yeah, he was known as a stand-up uh, comedian for a while. He he battled cancer for a long while. Um, and also, what I, the most memorable out of all his amazing accomplishments the most memorable thing uh, for me was when he had a talk show and he invited Hulk Hogan on and he actually was, you know, telling her, well, isn't this, isn't this wrestling fake? And isn't it? So Hulk Hogan puts him in a chokehold until he almost passes out. He lets him go he, and Richard falls and hits a table. So it, oh, yeah, I remember that. I adding, vaguely remember that. Right. Adding insult to injury. Not only did he pass out, he he cracked his head on the table something. And I remember seeing him um seeing him several times after that in the uh, neck brace. And I, I think he sued uh Hulk Hogan for a lot of money. Yeah, I do I do remember that. Uh yeah. I do I've never I remember that as one of the things I've heard about but never saw. But I do remember. Yeah, I'm sure you can pop that up on YouTube. Yeah, someplace. yeah. Nowadays, yeah. But when it yeah. when it happened, there was no such thing as YouTube. Yeah, when it happened, I saw everything there. first. There was no <laughs> no way to record it. <laughs> no. So, so. man, Jenny Feldy, should should we move on? Yes. All right. <laughs> he was 78. 
Um, so even more sad news, actress and model Raquel Welch also died recently from a brief illness. Uh, Raquel was also in a slew of movies and TV shows such as <gasps> Fantastic Voyage, Sex Quartet, Bedazzled, Bandor... Bandarello, I know I mispronounced that. Kansas City Bomber, yes, Three did. Musketeers, and its sequel, The Four Musketeers, Mother Jugs and Speed, Naked Gun 33 and a Third, The Final Insult, Chairman of the Board, that was the Carrot Top movie, Legally Blonde, Right to Die, Torch Song, House of Versace, um, and of course, One Million Years BC, just to name a few. Uh, senior correspondent Charlie Saladino, I know you said you had a story about Raquel you wanted to share. Yeah, you forgot the guns of Hanny Calder. I oh, said but, just to name uh, a few. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> she's also but, her uh, her poster is very vividly yeah. featured. In, that was, uh, uh, yeah, that was with your uh, boy Robert Culp. That was a great movie. But uh, anyway, Raquel Welch was one of the nicest people on the faces of this planet. She was, uh, she was just so genuine, down to earth. Wasn't taken up at all with her freaking amazing beauty, and. Uh, just nice to everybody. I had the pleasure of meeting her at ABC and, uh, you know, helping her out with a couple of things, you know, moving things here and there, getting things to her limo. And she was like, I, I took a, a shot of her with a Polaroid and then asked if we could take a picture together. And she said, yeah, let's just get these things in the limo and I'll be glad to. And as we were doing that, um, she just recently divorced one of her husbands and as i'm loading things into this limo i go around and this reporter pushes me away and said and asked her something that was totally upsetting about her ex you know husband so i push him at it away and she says i'm sorry i have to go she was all full of tears and i said i know i understand and um and she left, and I never got the picture with her, but she was visibly upset. And I just turned around to the report. I said, you a-hole. He says, hey, this is my livelihood. I says, I don't give a damn. I said, get the hell out of here. Like I was in charge of, you know, <laughs> chasing people from ABC. <laughs> but the guy maybe, left. I don't... Maybe that was her he, way he to leave, not but... get out of taking pictures. She just sent reporters. She sent people there to upset her, to fake upset her. So she goes, yeah. oh, I can't take a picture with you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, it, it just, <laughs> you know, yeah. It just pissed me off because she was such a nice person. And uh, just, uh, it was, I was very well, sad when always, I heard that. Whenever there's nice celebrities, there's always going to be one jerk that comes along and, and ruins it yeah. for everybody. So it's yeah, unfortunate. If it's, if it's either one of the paparazzis, it's... Uh, a reporter was looking for the big breaking story, you know. Yeah. Joe Biden looking for his mind. The <laughs> like the brilliant question that uh, Barbara Walters asked O.J. Simpson. It it was the most amazing. I'm, I'm not. I wasn't a big fan of Barbara Walters, and this solidified why. She looks mm-hmm. at O.J. and she goes, "Did you kill your wife?" Oh my God. How did you know, we get to, like, to what happened? And I'm like, all right, he's going on trial. He's spending big bucks on trial, <laughs> but he's going to admit to you. Yeah. That he's he gonna... did. <laughs> did you kill your wife? And of course he looked at us and said, no. All you right. know, I don't, I, don't I'm know. Like, I don't know what happened. Oh my <laughs> God. I says, I even hate him more now. 
<laughs> and that's how <laughs> Raquel on. Welch and O.J. Simpson got together. <laughs> yes, that's what happened. The she was 82. I, I don't know what happened. I just I went to a different show um, for the last <laughs> minute of the Now we were talking about... Uh, like, don't explain you, it. Let's just move on. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> How did we do Actress, Tell us again. Actress and model Stella Stevens also died recently from complications of Alzheimer's disease. Much like everyone else in the sad news this week, Stella was in a slew of movies and TV shows such as <gasps> Little Abner, Man Trap, Girls, 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 The Courtship of Eddie's Follow, The Original Nutty Professor, The Silences, How to Save a Marriage and Ruin Your Life, Where Angels Go, Trouble Follows, The Stand Up and to Be Counted, The Day the Earth Moved, Cleopatra Jones, The Casino of Gold, Chained Heat, Terror Within, Part 2, The Nut House, uh, Eyes of a Stranger, Point of Seduction, Body Chemistry 3, and its sequel, Body Chemistry 4, Alyssa Dreams, Invisible Mom, Bikini Hotel, Long Ride Home, Hell to Pay, Charlie Cobb, uh, Nice Night for a Hanging, Murder in Peyton Place, Children of Divorce, Man Against the Mob, Attack of the Five Foot Two Women, The Dukes of Hazard Reunion, and by John's Early Night, just to name a few. She was 84. Senior correspondent, Charles Stanley, do you have uh, something to mention, uh, Stella? Yeah, I just wanted to know, what was that fifth from the end you mentioned? Show? Never mind. Um, <laughs> uh, now, Stella Stevens was, uh, I remember growing up, you know, and uh, just, oh my God, wanting to meet her so bad. She was just a beautiful lady. She had a son, I forgot his name, but also went by the last name Stevens. And he was in a couple of, um, he was in a couple of those B movies, you know, those action movies and other movies. I forgot what his name was, but he went by the last name of Stevens too. And uh, just again, very sad. Yeah, it wasn't a, yeah, go figure. It wasn't a uh, good week for 66 symbols. All right, so that's it for the Andrew Stevens. Thank you. Thank you. You you know how to get away when you have the attack of the five foot two women? (laughs) I'm waiting. Put your put put their car keys or put their weapons on a high shelf, and they won't be able to reach it. There you go. There you go. That's how you defeat the attack of the five foot two women. What's what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) What's going on? Well, I'm on the wrong show. Did I get the wrong show? I can't see anyone's faces, so I don't know if I'm on the right show or not. Uh, all right. Um, so from, when did you lose control, Mark? Yeah. Just when from, did you have control? From the yeah. from the the fish did it really department. A while ago, we reported that due to a tech setup. A fish was able to play video games. More specifically, one fish, fish actually played and beat Pokemon Sapphire on its own. The setup is as follows. The fish aquarium is divided into sections, and a camera records its quote-unquote actions with each section corresponding to a different button on the game system's controller. As the fish swims through the tank, the camera sees where they stop and then translates the corresponding designated button into the input for the game. Apparently, due to the game crashing and not being turned off, the fish were still sending inputs to the controller, which was now on the main menu. Eventually, the fish registered a new name and found its way onto the Nintendo eShop and managed to not only access the owner's account, but also managed to spend about $4 in on-screen upgrades. Obviously, since this was all recorded, Nintendo did refund the money. But here we are, a fish just bought stuff for Nintendo. Are you sure this shouldn't be part of is this really news department? <laughs> what? You don't believe a fish playing a game and ordering stuff on a game system? That's crazy. A fish. Huh. Yeah, um, not no, as crazy. Not gonna say it. A fish. 
not as not as go ahead See, oh, Jen is astonished. Jen is astonished. She's yeah, asking don't how. Know. how. She, wants to, she wants details. Yeah. <laughs> she wants details not, as, to have. not as crazy as what was going through the director's mind of Skyline. <laughs> <laughs> never going to go wrong with Skyline jokes. Oh, with me. never. I cannot <laughs> believe that ending. That ending will, <laughs> will, I will mention it every chance I get because it's the most idiotic ending ever. But Obviously. once again, once once again, Marx loses control of the show. Go Obviously, on. the fish story <laughs> was blown away by me. You know, here's a little here's a little behind the scenes tip for you listeners out there. Wait a minute! I all go, I have all yeah. I have to say is holy mackerel. Okay, go ahead. I go, <laughs> wow. I go through the news and I'm like, wow, this would be really cool to talk about. And mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, the the dais is like, eh, and they always give the responses that I never expect. 20 years and I still haven't and I still haven't got hold of it. I wasn't it. I was like, what? Okay, see, see, Jen well, was it's astonished. Just, it's just a it's just a fish playing a video. That there's a story like that needs to come with a visual. That's the only way. So you go to like, YouTube you catch people. and look at fish yeah. playing and you can we see gotta, the we fish. gotta add the video clip of that or whatever. All right. That's, On that's a radio the best show. way to do it. Yeah. Well, you I know need the I'm YouTube saying. handle of the fish. I need the Instagram handle. I want to DM this fish. So, so he can buy you stuff. Buy me stuff. So I buy me stuff. Anyone to buy me anything? Well, because wow. the fish was buying stuff on the. You know, never mind. I'm just gonna move on. No, I want to know how it's doing things. I what was the fish it. buying? I want to talk to it. I want to have an intellectual conversation. I'm not trying to get things from a fish. Jeez. You into <laughs> that one all by yourself, there, buddy. The fish bought stuff on the Nintendo game thing. That's what the fish bought. You know, we're just what did he on. buy? Let us know. Yeah, I, what did he buy? I said it in the news. It's, nobody was obviously paying any attention. <laughs> we were all oh, just yeah, like, no. "Is this really I, news? Is this? A, just, are we being I trolled?" Was just a little turned on by the fish. I was so excited. I couldn't <laughs> think of the content. I'm like, "Oh my god, a fish! I love fish." Yeah, well, <laughs> all right. Oh, yeah. oh, I think this, if we should hit, let's see if we can sneak this one in and then we'll get to if we can get to the last bit of news. Let's see what else we can uh, sneak in. This from, topic. from the he can't do it anymore follow up department. Wow, so we let the fish do it. Go ahead. Former porn star Ron Jeremy has now been committed to a mental state health hospital in california what? after being deemed unfit to stand trial for his alleged sex crimes that we reported on our show in an earlier episode for those of you who don't know or care for that matter as reported on an early episode of this show ron was charged with 34 counts of sexual assault including 12 counts of rape that spanned over two decades with 21 reported victims Jeremy will be held uh, for up to two years in the mental state health facility and will, in all probability, never be prosecuted. Well, Senior correspondent, uh, Hassan, go ahead. What do you that's got? A, that's a rather uh, terrible story, right there. Like that's that's it's like you you're you're dodging uh, accountability by being or faking insanity. I don't buy that he's insane. You don't buy it. I don't, I don't buy I it don't at buy all. Elman no. Jane Fibbley also no, I, did not I buy it previously. I don't, I don't buy it. And I'm just thinking, like, how do all these like, allegations come about? I'm thinking, like, maybe there's, like, a category of, like, reluctant porn where maybe the girl's like, no, no, I don't want to. So maybe they came back later and said, no, I didn't want it. And now they're accusing him of rape. But really, it was just a scene. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what happened. 
senior correspondent, Charlie Saladin. I do not buy it because this is a man who got whatever he wanted out of women, uh, regardless with their permission or not. And because this was the field he was in, it was like, um, you know, it, it just just pisses me off. I never liked him. And uh, everybody idolized him. He was in all kinds of movies and uh, non, non-porn. And, you know, he became a big icon. But like I said, you go a little crazy. You, you, you think you can get anything you want. And to him, the word no doesn't exist, you know? So, so you, you really think, think he was a user and abuser? You really think so? Uh, yeah. No, I'm I, just I saying do. when people say no to him, when females say no to him, that doesn't matter. He'll, he'll, then he'll go from, oh, we could have a relationship. Oh, I'm going to rape you anyway. You know, and then I'll go go to court and plead insanity. Wow, it is a it is a rather ignominious end for him, you know. But yeah. it's not enough. He should be held accountable for his actual crime yeah. instead of yeah. instead of faking it into mental institution. Allegedly yeah. faking it. I mean, man, you just well, wow. you give him an inch. Well, it's an opinion mile, piece. I'm you know? I'm not a journalist. I can okay. just give my opinion. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> All right. So final bit of news. Moving on. From the... That's a lot of nuts! Department. The Ant-Man sequel has taken the number one spot in the domestic box office, pulling in $106 million in ticket sales in its first That's a lot of nuts! (laughs) (laughs) Beating out the... Wow, a lot of people were thinking that this movie was going to flop on the outset. So uh, apparently uh, it didn't. It did not. It beat out um, Avatar sequel, which held on to the number two spot uh, with an additional $6.5 million. For those of you keeping track, the aforementioned Avatar sequel, which I still have not seen but will get around to eventually, is still the highest grossing film of this year so far with $258 million, followed by Ant-Man knocking off Puss in Boots, uh, which I have seen. See number three spot, which stands at $112 million. Um, No surprise you've seen Puss in Boots, but not Avatar. Not even surprised. Well, I think it's it, a better choice. Jen says it's a better choice. Yeah, it uh, seems much more interesting. I mean, Antonio Banderas or some stupid Avatar. I got stupid tell you, Avatar. Like you know, I like, enjoy. Thing. It's a two yeah. billion dollar movie. It's like the it's a it's on its way to being the second highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah, sure, like the it's kind of stupid. The worst it is. Uh, okay. All right. Well, yeah, the room is a real piece of work. You know, that's that's a movie. All these movies, the the more expensive, the worse it is. Nothing. I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm retired. I saw, <laughs> I, I, I saw the preview to uh, Ant Man, which I, which uh, Quantum Mania, which I mentioned uh, last week, and I just thought the CGI was phenomenal. I thought it was like off the charts. So we've mentioned this many times on our show. Um, just because a movie makes money doesn't make it good and or bad. The amount of money just means that the amount of tickets were sold for that movie. So it doesn't. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. If someone says that this movie is not a cinematic gem or has no cinematic attributes or, or artistic value, arguable. But he's called it stupid. And, you know, then that's a valid criticism for me to add the the monetary value that it adds 
right. That's so we're almost <laughs> out of time. So we have final thoughts. So uh, let's let's start with Hassan. Mr. Hassan Gowan, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Senior correspondent Charles Saladino, do you have any final thoughts? Um. Well, just you know, my normal final thoughts. Uh, happy Ash Wednesday to everybody who. Uh, who observes it and uh, just be nice to everybody. Don't uh, erase the hate. Doesn't matter um, what we do, who we are. Just, just be nice. You oh, know, man. stop, stop, oh, okay. stop violence, or I'll kill you. You know, one of those oh, things. See, I was, Elman. I was about to say, I wish that was my final thought. <laughs> that's a really good final thought. Until you. Until you threaten everybody's lives, and yeah, no, that was yeah. that was extra. <laughs> no, let's, let's just be nice to everybody. It doesn't cost anything. L man, Jenny Feldy, bring us home for the segment. Uh, if you are not a fan of high budget movies and you like the low budget Bloody One, Bloody New, Bloody Nun Two, and Bloody Nun Three is coming out, and Camp Blood Six 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 is also coming out, they're a low budget for your pleasure. So with that, we're going to take our break, and we'll be right back to Game from Arabia. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio. sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're going to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, 2022. We just saw it on uh, HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like, who did you like listening to? Well, honestly, I was just waiting for Eminem to, to, show to up. be there. Yeah. Eminem? Yep. He's your hero? No. No? He's not my hero, but um, I do listen to him sometimes, and I wanted to see his performance. I mean, how how do you have to get evicted in there? Like, how long does it take? Evicted? You don't get evicted, evicted, you get inducted. (laughs) (laughs) Autobiographical. (laughs) Autobiographical, and then, yes. So how do you get... Inducted? uh, Inducted. Well, you have to be... Influential, you have to be, I think, 25 years, mm-hmm. and um, a bunch of the rock and roll, I guess you'd say, reporters probably vote on it to get in. Hmm. So, for 25 years, so Eminem obviously has been around that long now. He's not rock and roll, though. No, they induct they induct rap and they induct pretty much all music for the most part. Oh, so all music, yeah. just as long as it's. Yeah, I mean, like, you have the country, I think, Music Hall of Fame, but that's just specific to country. Rock and roll is pretty much everybody that had influence across America or the oh, world. Oh, okay, you know? yeah. Um, so I think, so I was there in 2017, I think it was, um, where Oh, they you in- got inducted? I was inducted, <laughs> yes, of course. I was there when they were had it at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and they inducted Pearl Jam. So that was our big one. Me, oh, yeah. Me and Uncle Gary. Cause that did was they like, play a good set? They did a great set, of course. You know, they're Pearl Jam. 
<laughs> <laughs> you know, it was really it was really fun to go to. You know, you got to see like George Harrison's um, son was there. I think they inducted a band called ELO, Electric Light Orchestra. Yeah, I haven't uh, heard of them. Yeah, I think it, I don't really listen to them very much either. I think there was maybe one or two songs, but for Pearl Jam, uh, I think it was. Um, I don't remember who uh, inducted them, but anyway, it was a really good concert because I was there. Yeah, so you could see it. You know, oh, they inducted. Where else did you go to? Snoop Dogg was there actually. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and they inducted Tupac, so that was pretty. Oh, cool. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, for this one, um, Eminem was your big one. They mm-hmm. they inducted um, Lionel Richie. They inducted Duran Duran, which was one of your mom's. Oh favorites, yeah, right, Duran. Girls Duran. on film, right. Yes, Girls on Film, film. Hungry Like a Wolf. um, Oh, they do Hungry Like... That's them? Yeah. Oh. A View to a Kill, the James Bond song. A View to a Kill. Okay, I don't know that one. All right. (laughs) Rio. Rio. Ordinary World. I know, like, Afterlife. Is that... That's not them. No, that's that's Arcade Arcade Fire. Fire. Yeah. (laughs) You know, one day maybe they'll be in, but not yet, you know? They also uh, inducted... um, the producer Jimmy Iovine, right? So oh, he, wow. he does um, pretty much yeah, a lot of people he produced, and yeah. he invented him and Dr. Dre did Beats. You know the Beats? Oh, the headphones. The headphones, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, that's huge. Every Beats oh is really? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, it's unbelievable. All I know right? is that Macklemore dissed him at some point. Oh, is that right? Yeah, there's a song called Jimmy Iovine that he had, and he was like, "Nope, is it I'm a- not gonna." I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's, it's a distraction. I don't know. I don't know. All right. All I know is he was like he was waiting in the song. He was waiting to get into that into the office, and then Jimmy gave him a bad deal. And oh. He was like, "Nope." Oh, okay. All right. And then he had Dolly Parton, who's a big you know that's a big deal to introduce her, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then um, you know that they also did like you know Pat Benatar, which I wasn't a big fan of, but. Um, Lionel Richie, did I say Lionel Richie? Yes. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't know, he was great. I mean, we used to listen to him all the time. I mean, in the car, it would be like, all night long. That would be the song that he would listen <laughs> to, like, in the 80s. I mean, he did a lot, a lot of other stuff, but, you know, this was kind of the thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty cool. It's It takes a lot, I guess, to get inducted. I don't know. It, well, you got to be, like, influential, for well, sure, yeah, yeah. you know, and a generation of people have to love your music, mm-hmm. and on top of that, yeah, the 25 years, and, you know, Eminem was a big deal. I mean, I remember when he first came out, it was just kind of like, he was so controversial and all Oh, that. well, I mean, his lyrics are crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we could probably do a whole show on Eminem. Oh, yeah, and his lyrics, whoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're not bad, they're just... They are controversial. Right. Well, if you get a chance to listen, if you like any of those artists, mm-hmm. watch the show. Yep, exactly. All right. All right. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. Hey, guys. This is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Now, back to our show. 
Hey, it came from the radio fans. It's Chris Woolsey, the king of streaming, here to tell you what's popping on Crackle this month. Well, we find ourselves in a fun season right now. You know, we've got uh, sports heating up. We've got uh, romance heating up. We've got all kinds of great stuff going on, and Crackle's got you covered no matter what you're looking for. But let's start with some rom-coms. We have uh, swept away... Uh, the Guy Ritchie 2002 version starring Madonna and Adriana Giannini, who, oddly enough, is the son of Giancarlo Giannini, who starred in the original 1974 classic version of that rom-com. Uh, Madonna plays this snotty rich woman, no comment, and uh, she gets shipwrecked on a desert island with this uh, sailor who despises her very existence, but they've got to figure out some way to get along and survive. Really fun stuff. Guy Ritchie, he's, you, you can't beat him. He's always fantastic. Um, really good stuff, so check that out. We have A Little Bit of Heaven, which is uh, starring Kate Hudson and Gail Garcia Bernal, as well as Peter Dinklage in a role that you have never seen him before. Um, really fun, um, but it's, it's also a little uh, unconventional because... Um, it starts off a little serious. Kate Hudson plays this uh, type A marketing executive who just lives, breathes, and uh, eats work, and yet she's diagnosed with uh, cancer. And during her treatment, she comes to the real- realization that there is a better way to live, and that she's also fallen in love with her doctor, played by Gal Garcia Bernal. Really, really great one. Um, check that out. Now, if you're looking for something a little more on the uh, classical end of the scale, we also have the BBC miniseries Sense and Sensibility, uh, starring Dominic Cooper from Preacher and Hattie Morhan uh, from the live-action Beauty and the Beast from a few years back. It's beautiful, really captures the romance of the original novel. I think you're going to love it if you're a fan of uh, kind of uh, Victorian romance. This is a, a really, really great miniseries, so check that one out. But... If uh, romance is not your thing and you are looking for sports, sports, and more sports, we've got you covered. So uh, we have one of my favorite sports documentaries of all time, and that is 85, The Greatest Team in Football History. And of course, this is chronicling the 85 Chicago Bears. And this documentary has everybody. It's It's got uh, Ditka, it's got Mike Singletary, uh, Jim McMahon, Otis Wilson, Refrigerator Perry, but not only the players. It also has all of these amazing celebrities who lived in Chicago at the time. So you get to hear from Jeremy Piven and Bill Murray and freaking Barack Obama is on there talking about what it was like to live in that city with all the madness of the 85 Bears. You've got to check it out. It is great. And then, obviously, with all the excitement around LeBron James and the uh, all-time scoring record, we have LeBron James, King of the Court. So if you don't have 8,000 hours to relive his entire career, uh, you can watch this documentary, which uh, chronicles all the way from when he first fell in love with the game all the way until today. It is, it's, it's brilliant. You're going to love it, and it's just going to make everything that's going on that much more exciting. Okay, finally, just a little blockbuster to drop on you before we leave. Um, We have uh, the Ed Helms, Christina Applegate uh, reimagining of Vacation, the Chevy Chase classic. This is hilarious. Um, It's it's different yet oddly familiar. Um, They do a great job, I think, of like giving an homage to the uh, Chevy Chase classic and yet really making it their own story. And, you know, Ed Helms... 
and helps and Christine Applegate. You just, it's a magic combination. You're going to love it. So uh, check that out. And you can get all of these titles and way more for free by going to crackle.com. Or if you go to your favorite app store, you can download the Crackle app for your mobile device, your tablet, your connected TV, open it up. Just start playing, and as always on Crackle, everything is always free. Again, I'm Chris Woolsey, this is What's Popping on Crackle, and I will see you at the movies. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot Club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. Hello, Radioheads. You know I'm Elle Mann, and I'm here with author Alex Teplish. He wrote what seems like very interesting books that I clearly haven't read, but I, I would like to. In the beginning, the epic of the Anunnaki, based on ancient astronaut theories and survivor Aaron's story. One of the least documented episodes of the Holocaust. Whoa. Hi. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, you can tell us a little bit about your background and who you are. Sure. So I immigrated to the United States with my parents, my, my actually extended family as well, in uh, the late 70s from the former Soviet Union, uh, actually from Odessa, Ukraine. And we came to the United States as refugees. Uh, we, were, we have a Jewish background, and there, there was a lot of persecution in the Soviet Union against Jewish people at the time, as well as um, non-existent um, non-existent opportunities for people to grow in life. So we had this this great opportunity to come to America, and we did. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, ever since. Okay, you know, I'm going to skip right to your Holocaust book because that seems to relate more to your life than aliens. Although, or, or not, maybe it's not even aliens, but my alien mm-hmm. uh, worshiping or loving friends. Whoa, I'm in a club right now. Hold on <laughs> one second. We're going to change. You know, we'll keep it. It's the radio. Who cares? I'll just suffer. <laughs> okay, so one, I just have to say the video trailers for your book, they look awesome. Um, Thank you. How do you make such great trailers, for one? What's the process I- of making the trailers? And then we'll go to Aaron's story. Mm-hmm. So I've been working in technology and marketing for almost my entire career, uh, mm-hmm. have a diverse background, uh, <clears throat> and I picked up video editing, graphic design, marketing all along the way. So bringing all those skills together and uh, creating compelling and engaging trailers is part of what I do for my own projects. Yeah, they definitely do that. You know, sometimes people have a book and it's just the book. And mm-hmm. then I have to make something up and I wish there was a trailer. I wish there was an audiobook so I could see more. So you have really great marketing. So if anyone wants to see great marketing, um, I would highly recommend you check out Alex Teplish because authors, this is the way to do it in in my idea. Okay, so Aaron's story, uh, your book Aaron's story is described as one of the least documented episodes of the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. Please tell us a little about this little known story and who Aaron is. Sure. So the full title of the book is Survivor Aaron's Story. And Aaron is my grandfather, or was my grandfather. He passed away in 2012. Uh, In 1996, he gave an interview of over three hours uh, video interview of his testimony, of his experience 
during World War II and the Holocaust to mm -hmm. the Shoah Foundation, which was founded by Steven Spielberg. Um, I took the video footage, translated it from his native tongue of Russian to mm -hmm. English and put the whole uh, experience into a storyline. So I tried to keep it as accurate to his uh, tellings as much as possible, as well as researching the historical context and making sure that everything corresponds to the history that was happening at the time. So I took his experience. Mm -hmm. I created a graphic novel memoir, but I felt mm -hmm. like that wasn't really answering all my questions about the, this time of history. So I also created a second part of the book, which is all included in this one hardcover book, which is more like a, a historical context of all the different puzzle okay. pieces leading up to this experience. Okay. So if someone wasn't really educated on times of the Holocaust, would this be a good book for them to read to see what was going on accurately? Or is there a lot of spin? <laughs> oh, there's definitely no spin. Um, I actually also um, hired a historian that uh, <clears throat> works for a museum, a Holocaust mm -hmm. Education Museum, to confirm that all of my information was accurate and historically accurate. I also did a lot of research on uh, the visuals so that my artists can draw everything as accurate as possible uh, down to the uniforms, down to the guns that were used during the war and everything. Um, it really tells the story of my grandfather and his family, but many others that uh, lived in that region at the time and what they experienced during the Holocaust. But then mm -hmm. I also answer a lot of the historical context questions in the second part of the book. Okay. Writers often want the audience to experience specific feelings or they want to trigger specific thoughts. What thoughts or feelings do you hope your readers experience while reading this book? Right. So that's a great question. I, I, I felt that um, there's a lot of novels or books out there on the topic of the Holocaust, but not as many that are visual. I wanted right. to I wanted to engage the next generation of readers uh, and an, a younger audience. And mm -hmm. that's why I decided to produce this book in this format. Um, the goal is really for Holocaust education and empathy education and really connect to other cultures as well and, and bring in the commonalities. Um, I also tie in some of my um, descriptions of history with the civil rights movement um, okay. and other parts of this project also connect with the civil rights movement and how Holocaust survivors, many of which came to America and assisted alongside Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and others during the civil rights movement. And my goal is really to um, have people understand this type of time of history, which was probably the deadliest genocide of all time, the deadliest mm -hmm. war of all time, and to prevent humanity from repeating the mistakes of the past, we need to learn about this time of history. Do you think the Holocaust could happen again? Well, there have been many genocides since the Holocaust, um, mm -hmm. maybe not as many killed, but right. still just as tragic for those people. Um, okay. And it could happen again, of course. I, I believe that there could be similar situations happening right now. We just don't know mm -hmm. of them. We usually find out when it's too late. Um, and I also wanted to not just connect with the number where most people, the, the least they know is 6 million Jews were killed or uh, about 11 million people were killed during the Holocaust right. by, the, by Nazi Germany. And that's really the, the extent of mo what most people know. Uh, mm -hmm. But I wanted them to connect to the individual experiences, uh, specifically my grandfather in this case, um, losing their both his parents to starvation um other people that were killed along the way in all types of tragic ways not everybody ended up in a traditional concentration camp into a gas chamber there were other methods of extermination happening right. um and also my grandma my grandmother who was also a survivor um losing her father two little baby sisters and a grandmother during this time 
Wow. So for this book and writing nonfiction in general, what would you say is one of the toughest things or any obstacles you face while writing nonfiction? I'm trying to keep it honest. Right. The toughest, I mean, some of the toughest things are coming to terms that humans are able to 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 do such evil and monstrosity, uh, monstro- mm-hmm. monstrous things against other people. Uh, also, dealing with your own emotions as you're learning about the individual testimonies and the types of right. loss that people experience. Um, but I do always try to find the silver lining, even to this tragic part of history. And that mm-hmm. is for, for us as humanity to progress even further, to prevent these kinds of situations from happening again, to avoid right. war at all costs, um, but also to really take a step back from our day-to-day anxieties and look at the tragic, the most tragic part of history. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of, I was, I'd like to say one of, because there are many other tragic parts of history. Um, but look at these tragic parts of history and compare to our own daily anxieties and say, maybe I don't have it so bad. Right. I can, compared to what these people went through, I can deal with my situation right now. And, right. That, and that's, that's definitely another component of this uh, right. exploration. Yeah, I'm not going to complain about the fluorescent lighting. And, <laughs> and this is this is why I wear these fluorescent light blocking glasses. So if, you have, uh, if you get sick from fluorescent lighting, which can cause lupus symptoms, these glasses, um, um, I think they're called Therospecs. They really help you out. Um, All right, back to you. So let's go to your other book. I have way more questions about this one, but we only have so much time. Yeah. Before <laughs> we go to my other book, though, I just wanted to the, mention one, one um, important thing. I recently uh, launched an interactive virtual museum. That's what I was going to ask you about. Which is free to the public 24-7 online. You don't need a VR headset to explore it. You can go to it directly from your browser. Uh, It's linked from the top of the website, uh, www.survivoraronsstory.com. You'll see Virtual Museum. And that really gives anyone the opportunity to walk through a 3D environment in a museum Mm -hmm. setting and learn about this part of history and a lot of the extended parts um, related to it. Wow. Really cool. Okay, I got to see that. That I did not check out. All right, so we're going to skip around. This other book seems very, very different than what we've just been discussing. So I think we're totally switching gears. All right. So please tell us just a little about the epic of the Anunnaki, which takes us back thousands of years to the Sumerian civilization. And they Mm -hmm. viewed godlike beings, the Anunnaki. So will this book tell us about real aliens? So the concept of this book is based on the ancient astronaut theory, which has been around since probably the late 60s, mid 70s. Um, there are two world-renowned authors that are most famous for publishing books in during that time. One mm-hmm. is Eric Von Donegan, the other one is Zechariah Sitchin. They both wrote countless books on this subject, and they researched ancient uh, civilizations, going all the way back to the first known civilization to man, which are the Sumerians. There were other civilizations before them, but they were the first to have writing and to invent many of the things we still use to this day. Um, they, they invented advanced astronomy, advanced mathematics. The, the wheel came out of their civilization. Uh, mm-hmm. Writing came out of their civilization. I mean, pretty much everything we know today that is, um, that is modern human came from them. Mm-hmm. And, they, mm-hmm. and they claim to have received most of their knowledge from the gods, they also right. call them the Anunnaki or Anun- Anuna. Anuna is another term they've used for them. Okay. The, the, they depicted them in some of their tablets, clay tablets and stone tablets as well, as humanoid people, as humanoid 
potentially extraterrestrials. Um, right. They also depicted them as being much taller than, than the common man at the time. Right. Um, right. And the tribute, like I said, all of their knowledge or most of their knowledge is being handed down to them by this other group of beings. Fascinating. Yeah, fascinating. I've, I've heard a bit about it. I know some people mm -hmm. that that claim they can communicate with the Anunnaki. Um, I've, I've been to channelings of the Anunnaki being channeled. I don't know if they were there or not. That's up for an, another discussion, another day, uh, <laughs> channeling aliens. All right, switching gears a little bit here too. So I was just discussing the true story of Adam and Eve, a true story question. I don't know. Um, so we were just talking about this the other night and a big Bible follower was re-summing it up for me. So the intriguing trailer for your book reads, Cain and Abel, Adam and Eve, The Great Flood. What if it was all misunderstood? Mm -hmm. So can you explain this big tease in your trailer? Was it misunderstood? Right. So many of the stories in the Old Testament or the Bible, the, the um, original part of the Bible, mm -hmm. uh, are retellings or similar to stories that the Sumerians wrote down as well about mm -hmm. their gods. Mm -hmm. uh, there are all types of connections. The creation of mankind is one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, the, they describe being created by the Anunnaki to toil for the gods, basically to do the hard labor that the gods didn't want to do, or that's what the, we call oh. them gods, but they called them something else. Interesting. So now by using the word gods, it becomes more confusing. It becomes more spiritual, but really at the time they saw them as flesh and blood, but different from themselves. Right. Um, wow. So what I've done is I've taken many of these Sumerian stories and combined them or found the parallels in the old Testament and what my, my graphic novel really is, is a retelling of the book of Genesis from that extraterrestrial mm -hmm. perspective. Wow, that's fascinating. All right. And any, any plans on putting this into an audiobook? Well, I, I, my, my format of choice is graphic novels. Um, mm -hmm. um, my ultimate goal for both my projects are to have animated films created or series created from, uh, adapted from my books. Right. So um, probably not audio because there's less writing and more visual in the books. Huh. Um, there's plenty to read and plenty of writing that I've done to, for my artists to depict what needed to be depicted in the books. Um, but I am working on a sequel to, in the beginning, the Epic of the Anunnaki, which will take us back to the present uh, and connect current events, conspiracies, and keep going back and forth between the present and ancient times. Very interesting. Okay. And this might be my last question. So I know a husband and wife and the wife used the Bible in simply a, a spiritual sense. The mm -hmm. husband thinks everything in the Bible actually happened and it's not written metaphorically at all. Very mm -hmm. interesting couple. So will this book settle the debate between, between this husband and wife at all? Or will it pick uh, a side? <laughs> like any other book, it's really up to the reader to interpret uh, what they want out of the book. Um, what I like to say is that humanity has taken these ancient stories, continued to retell them through time, and through mm -hmm. time, just like the game of telephone, some of the pieces got reinterpreted or misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so along that route, people always had a spiritual pursuit in parallel to wanting to know our, our common origins. So they've mixed in the spiritual pursuit the ancient history and the allegories into what we know as the Bible. And I believe that if you, uh, as a reader, you can pull allegories or morals out of the Bible, but you can mm -hmm. also pull ancient stories out of the Bible. 
Um, I consider my graphic novel science fiction because I had to interpret it in my own way. Mm -hmm. So really, you can get a lot of different things out of it. Uh, I did insert some spiritual perspectives in my story, but that's not my central uh, area of focus. It's more about telling the origin of humanity. Right. So since the stories of the Bible might be, uh, you know, um, they might be true or it might just be completely flawed and misunderstood because of the game of telephone. What do you think of people basing their lives very strictly upon the Bible, which may or Mm -hmm. not be true it might be very flawed right so one of the things i like to say about this theory um and my book is that i don't like to use the word believe for myself at least because i don't have the proof i believe that it's plausible the theory is plausible but i i can't say that this is it and i have the ultimate truth Mm -hmm. and i don't believe that any human that i know of or that most of us know of has any ultimate truth everybody interprets Mm -hmm. things in their own way um so anyone who says that this is literal, I, it's hard for me to believe that. We, there's no proof. Um, right. The evidence is there. There are a lot of ancient anomalies. And I think we need to look at them and say, this is possible, but it's also not. It's also possible that something else happened. Right. right. And I, I, I'm able to live in both scenarios and live my life, not base my day-to-day on yeah. these kinds of potential theories or um even if the origins are true, my day-to-day right. does not change. And I, I would recommend the same thing to religious people. Don't mm-hmm. try to uh, impose your beliefs on others. You want, If you live to a moral code, that's great. As long as nobody mm-hmm. else is getting in your way, don't get in other people's way. So since you've done so much spiritual and historic investigation, this will be my final question. Do mm-hmm. you believe in karma? Do you, believe, do you believe that people get what they deserve for better or for worse? And why? I think life is um, a series of many layers. Uh, Our consciousness goes much deeper than what we see on a regular basis. Um, I do believe that there are some elements of karma. And again, I don't like to use the word believe, but I I believe it's plausible that there are some elements of karma that exist and are related to the laws of physics and to the laws of science that we follow. Um, And I do think that there, there are sometimes uh reasons why things happen and there's the ultimate the ultimate free will is for every one of us to make that choice to live uh, the most positive life we can and try to influence others to be positive well you're a very interesting person so now social media time where can our listeners find you your website list all that for anyone listening so i have uh facebook pages for both my books and i also have websites for both my books they're very similar um, mm-hmm. let's start with the websites for survivor Aaron's story. It's that's really the website survivor Aaron's story.com Aaron with one a, uh, and then the, the Facebook is facebook.com slash survivor Aaron's story. The other book is, uh, in the beginning, the Epic of the Anunnaki. And that is, uh, in the beginning, the book.com also facebook.com slash in the beginning, the book. And are you on Instagram or Facebook? I'm on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram, but not as okay. um, not as much, but I'm definitely on Facebook uh, myself. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I put out a lot of variety of content, um, not just related to my book, uh, but other extended content and articles and, and new current events that are related to those topics. I publish them on my pages. Well, very interesting. Highly recommend checking out the website. Thank you so much for being on the radio. And now back to more. It came from the radio. Thank you so much.
Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not, true believers. We at the Comic Book School may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards. Hey kids, it's CJ Ramon of the world famous Ramones, and then you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hello friends, this is Ranger Rob, and I'd like to talk to you about dog poop. That's right, dog poop. I invented Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, a very large bag with handles. My bags support large and small dogs, and smell like lemon. They are strong and affordable. You can find Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags at Amazon. They come in sheets or in rolls and come with a dispenser. Once you try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, you'll never want to go back. So come join us. Go to Amazon and try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags today. Hey everybody, this is Todd McFarlane of the Record Setting Spawn comic series. And if you're looking for any kind of cool conversation about creators, about entertainment, about all that good stuff, you go to It Came From The Radio. You're listening to the right spot. If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From The Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of this show, tough. go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, indievolt.com, centraloregonradio.com. Check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.